Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com, the digital marketing podcast for marketers and founders who are sick of shady, aggressive marketing. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. So I receive around maybe five emails a day promising me, you know, that I'll be on the first page of Google uh, in the next two weeks if I spend $20 uh, with people. Um, uh, it's true that finding SEO services, so search engine optimization services, is quite easy. You, you just have to Google it literally and you will have plenty of agencies, consultants, freelancers who could propose their inexpensive SEO services for you to, to start uh, and be on the first page of Google. But this isn't the truth of, of, of the landscape. It's actually much more difficult than you think to actually rank well on Google. And the field is full of shady uh, practices. So in this episode today, we're going to talk about three main things. How to find SEO services, how to uncover, sorry, shady SEO practices, right? How to spot shady SEO practitioners and avoid them. And then what to do if you've been burned uh, by one. So my guest today is Gavin Duff. He's the head of digital performance for the Irish-based Irish digital agency Friday. He worked in digital for the last 14 years. He has plenty of experience in SEO and other digital marketing um, stuff, should I say. Uh, he worked with big names like Danone, Heineken, Mazda, Domino's Pizza, AXA Insurance, Amazon, and many, many, many more. The list truly never ends. So, Gavin, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. So, let's get started straight away into the, the subject matter. I think if there is a discipline in digital marketing and in marketing in general that gets, that has the shadiest reputation, it's <laughs> safe to say that it's SEO or search engine optimization. So, why, why do you think this is the case? I think first and foremost, um, it's because it's a discipline that um, has a lot of uh, technical requirements, requires a lot of technical knowledge. And so it's very easy to, to hide behind that. And it's very easy to, I suppose, to onboard a client and convince them that you can do the right things and that you know the right things and to get them to, as they claim, number one on Google. Um, but in actual fact, um, a lot of agencies or a lot of SEO individuals or practitioners can, can talk the talk. And they can they can read from a script and they can win business and they can win your business. Um, but the resulting work is not going to help you. And the reason it's sort of become, I suppose, that easy for practitioners to do and to prey upon those with little or, or middling knowledge of SEO um, is because it, it, it all happens relatively quickly. Um, this Google thing exploded um, quite some time ago and people knew they had to be there. Um, I mean, search, let's face it, it's bigger than email, it's bigger than social, it's the biggest thing on the internet. You've got to be there. And so with that in mind, there were people willing to capitalize on that fact and sell what they, I suppose, pretend is their knowledge of how to get you there and then not actually have the knowledge or the skills to actually implement that and, and do that for you. So it is, it is very easy to read an SEO website or a blog. And you can sound like you know what you're talking about. Um, and it's very easy to, you know, to accept people's checks and their cash for your services. But it's much more difficult to to achieve anything for them. And um, so um, I've, you know, it, it comes back to it's similar to what you mentioned a moment ago about getting emails every day about, you know, I'll get you number one on Google, et cetera, et cetera. If you go to Google right now and you search for cheap link building packages, for example, You've got a dearth of websites, you know, a ton of websites who are promising you number one if you put your credit card details in and pay $200 a month, um, which is just not possible to do. If it's that easy, then everybody will be doing it. And what's the point of that anyway? So let me yeah. stop you right there. Sorry, I know I know you have maybe other points, so try to remember it because I try to do, I tend to do that quite a lot to interrupt my guests. But let's define a few terms here because I know that a lot of listeners are not necessarily digital marketing experts. So the first mm -hmm. term I want to define is search engine optimization. So briefly, just a, a quick definition: How do you define it? SEO. What does it stand for? Um, it stands for a search engine optimization, obviously, but I suppose what it's defined as, what I defined it as, is a set of methods aimed at increasing your brand or your website's visibility on search engines. So in other words, to get you to rank higher, but for the right reasons. 
Okay. And that's fundamentally what it is. Great. So then the second thing you started to mention is link building. How do you define this? What is this practice? Um, I think I think in order to define link building, I'll explain its its position within SEO. Um, so there there are there there are many aspects to SEO. There's your website itself, um, its user journey, how easy it is for Google to crawl it, to to index it, to to library it, if you will. And that all comes down to your technical optimization and, and your on-page content and what you're talking about on there. But almost half the battle for the past few years has been link building. So essentially getting good, authoritative, trusted websites um, to link to you in a relevant way. Google essentially see that as a vote in your direction. So it's not about the more of them you get, the better. It's about getting a good, steady number of, 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 of trusted links fundamentally. Great. So I think we've defined two key terms pretty well. Now I can uh, I can try to point you back to the question I was asking originally, which is why uh, SEO uh, gets such a shady name. And you were starting to say something else, and I cut you. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, what it comes down to is um, if you want links to your website, and like I said, it is it is a known ranking factor. You will rank well if you get good, strong, trusted links. Um, but it's very easy to get links to your website. You can go to a website and you can post a comment on a blog and it will link back to you, but it's worthless. Um, you know, you can ask a friend to link to you and you link back to them thinking, hey, we're doing each other a favor here. We're both going to rank really well. But again, that cancels out. When it comes to link building, if anything is that easy to do, then Google are smarter than that. Um, so real link building means building relationships. It means identifying opportunities where people will link to you, perhaps even reference your content, reference your product or service as the best or one of the best. And that's a, a natural link. And they come about through, like I said, building relationships and I suppose getting into the mindset as well of, of Google's algorithm and what would they, what would they consider to be a relevant and natural link. Um, so, I mean, there are, you know, like we said, there are people out there who will offer you link packages. You know, they'll get you 1,000 links a month. No problem. I could do that right now for, for everyonehatesmarketers.com. I just need to put in my credit card details and send you an invoice. You've got 1,000 links, but it's unethical. Um, it's not going to benefit you in any way. And in actual fact, when Google sees those links, they're deemed unnatural and it can uh, damage your business by way of having you removed from Google search results altogether. And that's why it's so dangerous. So let's talk about this because exactly as you said, we talked uh, before we exchanged a few emails and one point that you made, which is really interesting is there are other disciplines in, inside digital marketing where you can hire people to do the job. And if, if they are very bad at their job, Maybe like, let's say it's Facebook Well, you know, they publish a few uh, bad posts, but you can delete them unless, unless it does, you know, it, unless it goes viral in a sense, the, the, the shitty yes. posts that they posted on your behalf, you know, <laughs> there, there isn't a lot of consequence to it. However, for SEO particularly, not only can it be ineffective, as you pointed out, but it can be extremely damaging, damaging, and, and it could even destroy brands. So. Before yeah. we get into the step-by-step of how to uncover the shady SEO practice and how to spot shady practitioners, can you tell me more about the damage that bad SEO can actually have on the business? Yeah, I've seen it firsthand. Um, I mean, Google now issue manual penalties um, to websites that have, um, for want of a better phrase, shitty links um, <laughs> because they look like they've been deliberately built um, just for the purposes of ranking high on Google. And they don't like when you try and cheat them. And um, so I've seen it firsthand. So the damage that can happen is that they will remove your website from their search results altogether. Now, that should, that doesn't just mean that, say, for example, if that happened um, to, to our agency, our website, Friday.ie, I build a ton of links. I think, fantastic, we've got a lot of links now. But then we get this penalty. Not only will we not show on Google for someone searching for digital agency, but we won't even show for someone searching for our name, Friday Agency. And that's where it becomes alarming. So someone may hear your radio ad. They may hear of you by word of mouth, but they cannot find you on Google. And that is extremely damaging because organic traffic, so your, your SEO traffic, essentially, your traffic from Google, is probably your highest channel. Um, so it, it needs to be protected. And because if you're an online only business and you don't have actual on the ground stores, if you're relying on online traffic and suddenly Google is out of the mix, it's extremely damaging. You're talking about 
you're letting employees go. Um, you can't fulfill orders and then suddenly you've got no orders. And so it's, it can be very, very damaging. I've seen it firsthand and um, I've taken on clients um, who have recently had a website built, for example, in one case. And they were promised SEO. They were promised higher positions. And as soon as we took them on as a client, first thing I did naturally was search on Google for them couldn't find them and they had a penalty sitting there for I think a month and nobody knew and it was because their previous agency had built tons and tons of spammy links for them in Malaysia, US, South Africa, all over the world, anywhere but Ireland which was relevant to them Um, and they received that penalty so the light at the end of the funnel there was that I did have that penalty removed so it can be done but you're still facing at least a few weeks of um, a, a lot less traffic and a lot less revenue. So tell me, tell me more about this this manual penalty uh, thing. So it sounds like the, the Google algorithm would flag this website as a potential uh, a website with an issue, like something uh, a shitty website that tries to that tries to rank Google for uh, for the sake of it. And that literally employees of Google actually review it and flag it as this is a shitty site. Is that what happens? That is exactly what happens. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say a shitty site. It can happen <laughs> to very good sites, <laughs> but uh, they've got shitty links. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah you're yes, fundamentally, you're, fundamentally you're, you're right. Um, you know, the, there is. that's why we call it actually a manual penalty because it is – it is an actual manual, it's a, it's a person reviewing that and has been flagged by their algorithm as looking unnatural. Right. Um, there, are some website, there are some websites who don't rank very well and they do have a shitty link profile, shitty links pointing to them. And they just don't rank very well. Um, but if you've done a, if you've had a really, really bad job done on your links, then you get a manual penalty. And it's Google sort of saying, whoa, hang on a minute here. We can see you're, you're really trying to cheat the system <laughs> and, and they don't like that. Um, so do you think this is the biggest like shady practice in the world of SEO? If you have to really choose of all of the tactics that can be used to try to game the system, do you think bad link building is by far the biggest? It is. It absolutely is. Um, but I think there, there's a bigger picture as well. Um, and it sort of comes back uh, full circle to what I was saying earlier about, you know, anyone being able to read a script and, and sell SEO. Um, so they can talk all about link building and the benefits of links, but they don't know how to get them. So ultimately, they'll go and pay for them, um, which is very, very dangerous. But also they'll they'll promise the world in terms of, you know, um, data-driven reports you're going to receive, you know, um, great content, all that sort of good stuff, which ultimately they don't do. Um, you know, and I've encountered, I've encountered, I suppose, other agencies and SEO professionals as well, individuals offering these services and have taken on clients who have used them in the past and have seen the past work that has been done. And in some cases, it equates to either one of two things. They've done nothing but just send a monthly report and say, here are your rankings this month, which is very, very lazy. Um, and you're paying for that, um, something you can just do yourself. Or they've done shady link building as well on top of that. So ultimately, they're sending you a report and they're damaging your business and they're taking your money for that. Um, and it's, it's, it's been, a, I suppose, a, it's, been, it's been a point of anger for me for quite some time because I, I see it a lot and it gives the rest of us a, a bit of a bad name um, as well. Um, so let's unleash the anger to, together. <laughs> let's, let's just let it out for a while. For a while. So yeah. how, to, how to spot... So first of all, let's, let's just start with the first step. You, we mentioned a few things here, but I think it's important to go through a kind of a step-by-step -step to understand things a bit better. So how to uncover shady SEO practices, right? How, how do you recognize where, you know, those practices are, are the wrong ones? Um, I think what it starts, what it should start with really is what does good SEO look like? Because only then when you know that can you go and go and look for it or audit your own activities to understand if that's what you're getting. Um, so what good SEO should look like is it's not just changing page titles. It's not just writing a few articles and, you know, and, and building a few links here or there. Okay, that's ticking a few boxes. Um, but is your SEO agency or is your, your SEO professional you've hired, are they looking on a regular basis at, say, for example, brand mentions? If you're being mentioned in a positive light somewhere, is there a link opportunity there? 
one that looks natural and, and that you should have. Um, are they testing different page titles? Are they testing variants in, in page content and different in article content as well to see which, which will work best? Um, very fundamentally as well, if you're going to work with an SEO agency, and this is something that we would do ourselves, um, you should expect that they'll want to know almost everything about your business. Um, you know, for example, if I'm to do work with a um, with an insurance company, um, I will want to meet with their or potentially their head of head of customer services, which may sound peculiar, um, but that's what SEO is. You need to understand customers' pain points because your content will reference those pain points and answer that for them. Little things like that, which SEO agencies can be quite lazy about. Some are very good, and um, don't get me wrong, but they really need to know everything about you. So, and that includes even everything down to customer care and um, customer pain points, everything. And um, even before I start working with a client, I will, if I can, read their last couple of annual reports. I want to know what's working well for them, what's not. I want to know who the key business people are. I want to know who I'm speaking to, their background, uh, because in that lies business opportunities, or sorry, link opportunities as well, and um, all that stuff. So in order to recognize a bad SEO, um, you can ask questions like, for example, how much have you learned about our business before we met? If it's almost like an interview scenario in a sense, um, but if the answer to that is quite high level and they've probably only read your about page on your website, then that's not enough. They're not showing a, a true interest in your business and your SEO efforts should reflect your business efforts and your goals like any marketing channel. Um, I would ask them as well for some examples of links that they've built for clients in the past. And just look at those links and wonder to yourself, are they relevant? And they may send you examples of directories that they've put their clients in, directories that nobody probably visits. Um, and they'll probably show you comments on blog posts that they've made on behalf of a client, which have absolutely no positive impact either. Um, so do absolutely ask about link building and their approach there. Um, so, you know, and as well as that, I would ask if they have done maybe perhaps a test purchase on your website, have they been to your website as a user and fully understood that journey? Because only through that can you understand where somebody is in the funnel and what content, for example, may speak to them and help them through their journey or that you may even rank for while they're within that journey. I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. So let's take a step back because you mentioned a lot of interesting things. The first thing you mentioned is the, the brand mentions. Um, uh, so there are a lot of tools out there. Uh, there's one in, uh, that I have in mind that works quite well is, is Bosumo, where you can actually track yes. mentions of your brands where people haven't linked back to you. So they are mentioning your brand, but it's not linked. Uh, this is a very easy opportunity to reach out to say, hey, uh, I've seen that you're talking about us. This is great. but." You know, it could be good if you could link uh, back to us, right? So that's what you're mentioning, right? Yes, it is. Um, there's there's a lot more to it than that. So to, tools are great, but there's no substitute for I think manual process and human input. Um, you know, for example, our agency's name is Friday. I mean, try doing a brand mention report on Friday, and um, you're going to get a lot um, and a lot that don't link to our website as well. Every news story once a week probably contains that word and so you know that that's where difficulties are thrown up so you do need to manually check every mention and search for mentions with variations like for example friday agency or other variants but it is a very manual process and so tools can do a certain amount but as one tip to anyone listening and google advanced search actually is as good as probably any of them so you can filter by country by date search for exactly your brand name and you can also put in a negative mention as well. So put in minus Friday.ie or whatever your domain is. It will show mentions, but without links to your website. Google Advanced Search itself can do that. And you're finding, as well as that, the added bonus is you're finding brand mentions that Google has indexed. So you know you're getting a link from an indexed, potentially trusted website. All right. So let's go back to the to the questions because I think I'm picturing this person interested in SEO services and want to reach out to to potential SEO agencies or SEO consultants and want to know whether they are getting into you know shady practitioner or whether it's it's a good SEO. So is there actually before contacting them and meeting them and spending your time asking them questions about have you talked have you heard of my business have you researched my business 
Are they, I'm curious if there is any way to know just by looking at the website or the way certain things are being said or not said. Um, there is the obvious one, um, which is we'll get you number one on Google, <laughs> which is, I think most of us know, just, just not possible to promise. It's possible to do, but not possible to promise. I, I think this is, I'm going to cut you right there and just say, for us, both of us, it's probably obvious. However, yes. yeah. let's repeat it again. If people promise you that they will get you on the first page of Google, this is bullshit. This is, this is, you cannot promise that, right? Let's Absolutely. make a, a strong point on this. Absolutely. Um, and the reason you can't promise that is because Google's algorithm now changes in, in real time. Its search results change in real time based on, based on machine learning. Um, so you can be number one for an hour and then you're not. Um, so, you know, you, you've got to take that into consideration as well. Um, and you know, another, another flag as well, and it sort of falls under the same umbrella is when an SEO agency or professional says that they have a direct line to Google about this, you know, we can talk <laughs> to them about this. Um, if you hear that, then hang up the phone or shut the door or just walk away. Um, because they don't Google have documentation online about SEO, but they will not pick up the phone about it. Um, there, they do have occasional webinars. There are Twitter handles. You can occasionally get information from, um, but if you're lucky and so if they, if they promise that again, I'd be, I'd be slightly concerned. There's, a, there's another thing that I'm just picking up from what you just said is you cannot pay Google in order to be ranked better. Right. Just, just no. to make that clear as well. So this isn't, we're not talking about the, the pay per click uh, model here. We're not paying, uh, we're not talking about paying in order to have your ads on Google. We're talking about paying a professional in order for this person or this agency to help you to rank better organically, i.e. without paying directly for the results. Cause you cannot do that. So sorry to cut you, but this is an, another red flag. It is absolutely. And, um, I mean, I, I've, I've, I go so far as to say that I've even heard, um, of an SEO agency in the past saying that if you install Google Analytics on your site, you will rank better. I mean, something like that is just, uh, it's insane for multiple reasons, but mainly because Google Analytics is simply a free tool that you install a tag on your site and it tells you how many people are visiting. It doesn't even tell you how you're ranking. Um, it, it's nothing to do with SEO. It's just, it's just information. Um, but yeah, I've also heard that, that lie about Google AdWords. You know, if you spend more, you're going to rank better in Google search results. Um, it, it's absolutely untrue. Um, so again, if you hear that, um, I, I would hang up the phone. <laughs> right. So, a few red flags already. So once again, before contacting them, what else do you think we should look out for on the website, on the way they describe themselves? Um, if they describe themselves as number one SEO agency, and um, there's no true governing authority here that says you're the number one. And um, perhaps when it comes to paying to be on Google, you can perhaps be number one based on your level of spend with Google. You could be the biggest in that way. But when it comes to SEO, you can't claim to be number one um, as an agency. But some are claiming to do so, and I'm still entirely unsure as to how they, they back that up. Um, really, how you judge them is based on past experience. And that's past personal experience of, of who will be your actual day-to-day -day contacts. But also ask for past case studies and for link building case studies, for ranking results, for traffic increases that they've actually seen. And um, if you see that and it seems seems achievable to you or seems as well trustworthy to you, then absolutely try them. Um, but unfortunately, the reason a lot of people get burned by SEO agencies is because there is no governing body as such. Um, anyone can claim to be an expert. There is no degree in SEO. Um, there's no real qualification. Um, anyone who's good at it is based on, it's based on a lot of experience. Um, and finding that can be difficult. And it can be difficult to filter out those that don't have that experience. Um, I mean, I go so far as to say that you should look for probably at least three to four years experience if you want it to be done very, very well. But that said, you may get someone who's quite new to it and is just very, very good. And that can happen too. Um, but do look at experience, absolutely, and case studies. Okay. So we, we said quite a few things. So before we talked about looking at the website and, and the red flags, 
Mm. Then you talked about, uh, before that, you talked about asking a few key questions. So perhaps we can get a list of questions down that really would help people to, to, to filter out the, the, the people uh, that they should select in order to move to the next phase, which would be maybe a test project of some sort. So maybe we can talk about that then. But so the first question yeah. you mentioned before was, what have you learned from us? Have you, mm. you know, what, what have you learned from, from my business? The second one is maybe talking about their approach to link building. Yeah, absolutely. So red flags include directories or, or, or lies like this that we've talked about in the last few minutes. The, the third one would be about their, their experience or relevant experience with, um, with companies that are in the same industry than yours, right? Yeah. So have you, have you worked with clients like this before? And then you mentioned case study. So perhaps something that you really must seek is the examples, as you said before, of links and of overall campaigns um, that they've done with the client and the results to back it up, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I think as well as as well as um, as well as that, there's two other core things, and one of them comes back to link building. So it's almost like a trick question. So if you ask an SEO agency, how many links can you get us over the course of the next, say, six months? If they give an actual number or approximate number then that's a red flag as well. Because the number of links that you get will depend on their research, your sector, what kind of relationships you have, what sort of, say, for example, charity work your, your company is involved in, so CSR type work. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll depend on so many things that they won't really know until they're really knee deep in, in, in knowing your business and the relationships you can leverage there. And as well as that, they don't really fully yet know the contents that they can leverage to get links either. So if they do answer that and say, tell you what, we'll get you 20 links a month, then I'd be a little bit skeptical. Uh, well, more than a little bit. Um, to solidify it up, I think, I think it's reasonable to ask for actual references as well. Um, so, I mean, I have clients currently, I have past clients who would have no problem answering a phone call and, and giving me a reference and saying, yes, he did great work for us. Um, and I'm proud of that. Um, so if someone is unwilling to do that, then I, again, would be a little bit concerned. Right. So those questions are actually very important. And I believe that it sounds like if they all, if they answer the questions successfully and don't fall into the traps that we kind of set them, they should be a good candidate to potentially work with you in the future, right? Yeah. Is yeah. there anything else before we move on to perhaps a, a test project of some sort that you think people should, should ask them or, or not? Um, I think the final one really is probably around, around content. Um, you know, we, content marketing is a big buzzword now. Um, and to the point whereby there are agencies who, as part of their SEO offering, will say to you, we'll create 10 articles a month for you. Google love when you create articles and content, um, which again is not true. Um, Google like when you create content that users love and their algorithm can detect that to a certain degree, but they can also detect it by the number of people who share it and very importantly link to it as well. Um, so I suppose, yeah, as a last point on that, um, in terms of that checklist, yeah, ask how often I, how often should I be producing content and how will we go about that? And how would our content plan look for the next 12, 12 months or so? And um, if they promise a certain number of articles every month, et cetera, it, that, that's a red flag. Absolutely. Agree with you. So, okay, this is a great checklist. I think we've covered 99% of potential uh, bad, uh, bad issues from there. But then I, I, I really believe, as you said, that not only do we need to ask them for past, from past experience, but do we also need to have a proof of what they are able to do for us. So how would you approach this? Like, so let's say I have two SEO agencies or two SEO freelancers or consultants in front of me. They both seem equally, equally uh, experienced and qualified, but I, I must pick one. So how do you go about it? Like, do you do a test project with them? And if so, how does it look like? Um, I wouldn't do a test project. Um, I think... I think that's that's it's kind of unethical to ask an SEO agency to to carry out work in order to prove themselves. So I think the screening process should should come before that. Um, and it is first and foremost about asking those kind of questions. But I, I would avoid the test project type scenario. Um, but I would ask for a certain level of thinking. Um, so 
I suppose it comes back again to being able to read from a script. Um, SEO agencies can very well come in and they can give you every bullet point and say we're going to do all this great stuff. Um, and they'd all say the same thing. Um, but ask for examples of how they would do it for your brand specifically and what kind of questions they would ask in order to achieve those goals. Um, so, for example, um, you know, a lot of businesses, small to medium especially, are members of a chamber of commerce. You know, and you've probably got a member profile on the Chamber of Commerce website. And why is that profile page not linking to you? If they don't un uncover things like that quite quickly, then I'd be concerned. So it is okay, I think, to begin with to ask for some level of thinking. So just say, look, give us two examples of how you would approach getting a link for us. They don't need to give their whole strategy or game away, but it will show that they're, they're thinking and that it sounds right. And they can maybe pick a couple of core product pages on your website. And they can say, this is how we go about optimizing them. And if it seems like you like their way of thinking and it's in line with your goals, then then absolutely go with them. Um, but yeah, that coupled with, I suppose, asking those those preliminary questions we discussed, I think you should get a fairly good idea. And there is the million dollar question or million euros question, should I say, uh, that I need to ask is the pricing, right? So, yeah, <laughs> I mean... It's, it's, it's how long is a piece of string type of question. I understand that you can't say good SEOs will charge between X and that. However, I think that there is a threshold, a minimum threshold that you should ask for. I, I would, I would be very worried if an SEO consultant can do a good job for 100 euro a month or, or $50 a month or this kind of small sums, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if, if you're going to do it right, um, you know, they, like you say, there are those who will offer to do it for $200 a month, for example. And that's all inclusive. That said, some of them will offer to track five keywords for you and show you how you're doing. Five keywords is not reflective of any business for a start. But um, so to come back to your question, you know, your, your monthly reporting alone, that should take half a day. Um, and you're not going to get that done for $200, not if it's good reporting with proper insights, proper recommendations, you know, looking at what went wrong, what didn't work, what we should do now, all that sort of reporting and insights is probably a few hundred dollars anyway in itself. If it's valuable, it's worth it. And um, but then on top of that, there's you know I suppose weekly rankings check-ins to make sure things are still healthy. And um, there's testing different variants of page content and page titles, stuff like that. Realistically, to do SEO very well for a website for a medium-sized business, I'd be I'd be very worried if someone said they could do it um, for for less than maybe twelve hundred twelve hundred dollars. Again, it is a piece of string. So that's just an example. That's just a, a random medium-sized business. But to, to buy a package for a few hundred dollars and expect um, amazing results is is it's it's not possible um, because you're you're not getting the attention that you deserve. Another question that is difficult to answer, but I need to ask, and I think it's also by, back to the to the red flags, is once you've hired an SEO practitioner, how long? Should you think, should you expect results to start coming in? <laughs> I thought you might ask that. <laughs> Again, it is, it, it's, it will depend on sector. It will depend. And I'm not dodging a question here, politician style. And um, I will, I will, I will give some good advice. I hope. Um, it will depend on, on your sector, on the level of competition in that sector. And again, what you're willing to spend to, um, when I say competition, I mean, for example, if you are a small to medium sized insurance company, um, from the get go, you're competing with probably four to five top players in that market um, who have been around a long time. They've built up links over the course of a long time. Um, so to take insurance as one example, um, to get to page one of Google, uh, to rank on page one of Google for core I suppose money keywords, as we call them, those that might drive revenue. Um, you could be talking a year or more, realistically, if you're if you're new to the market and new to that sector. Um, if if your level of competition is, let's say, middling, and you've got budget to spend, and there are quick wins, within three months you could be seeing some good success. Um, but it's certainly not overnight, and it will very much depend on a case by case basis. Um, it's uh, but it's a question I'm asked all the time. Um, because, you know, when someone parts with their money, they don't want to hear 
an agency dodging that question by saying, we don't know, it's up to Google. They're hiring you for a reason. So you do need to use your knowledge and your experience to at least have a guess, um, which a lot of people are afraid to do. But I'm not so much because I've worked on SEO across probably all sectors. Um, so I can have an educated guess at that. Um, so when it comes to when it comes to SEO, it's so difficult to set KPIs. Um, so my advice is to, I suppose, when you're engaging with an SEO agency, don't expect results overnight. Um, don't expect that you'll wake up in six months when they promise success and it's suddenly there. But do expect that from three months on, you should start to see consistent increases over time. And if you're not getting that, then after perhaps a year, you should consider yourself a little unhappy with it. That's a great answer. I, I don't think I was expecting that level of details, but this is, I think, another way to, to select the right SEO practitioner, because if this person tells you, well, within two weeks, you're going to get, you're going to go on the first page, you know that this is a, this is a scam. If they tell you an answer that you just heard or something similar, where they, they give you like ballpark figures that, you know, if it's very, very competitive keyword, it's probably going to take more than a year. If it's not competitive at all, or that there are a few niche keywords and it could take three months, six months, regardless, don't expect results overnight. It's not going to happen and be patient about it. If you've hired the right person and asked the right questions, results should start kicking in uh, as you, as you mentioned. So that's yeah, great. Definitely. And I think, I think on that same point, um, you know, if, if you do hire an agency for SEO and they say, right, you're now paying us, we're doing your SEO, you go away, you relax, we're, we're going to take care of this. That's another red flag because it's very much a collaborative process. Um, no matter how much you do learn about the client's business before you start to work with them or even while you do, they will still always know more than you about their business. Um, so if they launch a new product, for example, they'll know a lot more about their target audience. So you need to get to the bottom of that with them in a collaborative way. The content they produce needs to be done collaboratively. Um, an SEO agency can't go away and write content for you. They need your help. Um, so, you know, SEO is not just, it's not just an investment in an agency to do it for you. It's an investment in yourself too, and your time. And it does need to be collaborative. That's a great um, point. So I suppose the, the, the main point there, yes, is that if someone promises that they'll go away and do your SEO for you, you're fine. Don't worry about it. We'll do that. That's a red flag. Um, but unfortunately, that, that does happen a lot. And I think as well, um, you know, a, a, lot of, um, a lot of people who work in marketing functions in, in companies of all sizes and, and a lot of sectors um, come under pressure um, and unwarranted pressure to, to just get SEO done. Because they've heard that it, it's it's something that we need to be doing, um, and that's 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 fine. It is something you absolutely have to do, but it's not just a box to be ticked. Um, so don't just pay an agency and assume that your SEO is now taken care of. Um, you've got to help them to nurture it, um, and that that's that's a very important thing to remember. That's a great point. So can I challenge you on something? Um, I'm going to challenge you to remember all the red flags that you mentioned throughout this episode. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, I suppose um, if someone is promising you lots of links or a certain number of links, uh, walk away. Um, I would absolutely ask about past experience and even references uh, where possible. Um, I would um, be hesitant if someone has offered to create your content for you because you will know your business and your service and product better than them. So that makes no sense to do. Um, I mean, they encompass most of it, but first and foremost, if someone promises you amazing success, like number one on Google, it's not possible to do. So walk away. They're the core pieces. Great. Okay. So that's a good, a good summary and, and a good way to, to move on to the, the next quick subject that I'm interested in is what if you've been burned by a shady SEO practitioner in the past? What should you do? Um, it, it, it's difficult because it, I think we, we mentioned earlier, there is no governing body. There is no one to officially complain to Google won't listen. Um, they, they simply won't. Um, you can, however, if you, if you go onto Google and search for, you know, do I need an SEO agency? The first result I believe you get is actually a page on Google advising you what to do if you need one, but also what to do if you feel that you've 
been subject to some malpractice. Um, and what they recommend is going in Europe, for example, you go to eConsumer.gov. Um, which is affiliated with um, the International Consumer Protection um, uh, Network, and you can submit a complaint there. Now, I, I've done that in the past um, on behalf of clients, and you do get a response, and they do say that your complaint has been duly noted. Where it goes from there, I do not know yet. But for now, all we can do is make that complaint and hope that we get traction. Um, so that really, realistically is the only way. And that same page on Google will detail I suppose how to do that by market as well. So whether it's US, Europe, or anywhere, there are channels whereby you can complain. And very specifically on that page, they do reference that if you have been sold directory listings, and that very explicitly is Google saying that that's just bad practice, then this is who you complain to. So I would advise that you check that out. Um, failing all of that, um, the only real thing you can do is to you're sort of back to square one in a sense because you can complain and we're not quite sure if that's going to gain traction for you. Um, but what you can do then is engage with another couple of SEO agencies and go through the process we're discussing here now. Ask the right questions this time and then discuss your past SEO experience with them and just say, do you think that was good or was that bad? And be honest with me. And that will, I hope, in some way ensure that it doesn't happen again. Great. Great. So that's a, that's a great way to end this kind of step-by-step -step methodology. Can you just remind me of the, of the way to get this article from Google? Just by the way, I, a lot of listeners are not necessarily aware, but we have a website. So everyoneheismarketers.com on every single episode gets a full transcript, gets a description. And specifically, we also link to every resources that the, the guest has mentioned, that Gavin uh, today has mentioned in particular. So you can go and check it out. You can go and, 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 and link back to it. So remind me, how to find it on Google again? Yeah, if you simply search for, do I need an SEO agency? Great. And um, it should be the first pay, the first result coming yes. directly from Google. Yeah, Great. underneath the ads, of course. <laughs> uh, yes, of course, obviously. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Right. So, Gavin, you've been great at, at, at this exercise. Uh, what do you think marketers uh, and founders should learn today that will help them in the next 10 years, 20 years, or 50 years? Um, to me, really, it's, you know, when I first started in search marketing, which was 14 years ago in Yahoo, um, I was fortunate because I got to know how search engines work almost from the very beginning. And I got to see their evolution over time. Um, someone, a, a good SEO, I guess, is able to not just get inside the mind of, of Google and their, and their algorithm, but also its users as well. Um, so you know, even, for example, when Google first started handing out uh, manual penalties for link building or for, for shady link building, um, I, I, myself and other SEO professionals, we saw that coming. So we weren't doing that shady stuff because we knew it was just not going to work long term. It was too easy. Um, so really what people, I think, need to learn as Google evolves over time, and Google is very much about visibility, whether that's through local listings, you know, uh, rich snippets, or just organic search results. Um, what we need to realize is that it's not easy to get there. And anyone who says it is, is, is absolutely lying. It takes bloody hard work. Um, and as well as that, um, Google now, like I said, it's, it's, it's in real time. Their algorithm is in real time. It's machine learning. It's called Google rank brain um, is the term they've given it. Um, and that's going to evolve more and more over time. So there's going to be no easy way to go about SEO except to use someone or, or upskill yourself in terms of how they work and how they think. And um, because only through doing that can you stay ahead of it. And um, because they don't give away too much information, they will only tell you when they've made a major change after they've changed it. Um, but if you've got the right SEO agency or you've hired the right SEO, then potentially they could see it coming. And you'll stay ahead of the curve. And that will be the same for the next 20, 30 years. Google's going nowhere. And in terms of your brand's visibility, you've absolutely got to be there. Um, I mean, I heard people say many years ago, Facebook is going to take over from Google. Well, I can search on Facebook now. Again, that's not forward thinking. Um, Google are all about search and user experience and staying completely ahead of anyone else who's trying to, who's trying to, to I suppose, get a bit of market share there. Um, so it's really very much about staying ahead of what they, I suppose, are intending to do or change. 
Great. So that's, yeah, that's probably one of the, the first time I'm, I'm hearing this kind of uh, answer to this question, which is great. So try to get to know Google better and the way it thinks and the way it works, because bear in mind, Google has, if I'm not mistaken, tens of thousands of employees, uh, yes. obviously in different services, but a lot of them working for the uh, the main business, uh, the, the, the rank brain and the algorithm and the social experience. Do not believe that you can trick them in any way. There are many, many, much more resources than you have. And they are thinking about the people, even though they are a cash machine, advertising revenue is probably 95% of the revenue, something around those lines. Anyway, they yeah. do think about the people behind it. They do think of, as you mentioned during this episode, they do think about when somebody click on this page, is this person happy about it? Or is this person coming back to Google and search again? Absolutely. They are picking up signals that that basically says, are people happy? Do they are defining the information they're looking for? And yeah. the more we're going to go on, the deeper, the smarter they're going to get. You're not going to be able to game the system at all uh, anymore. So that's a great answer to this question. And you know, for every for every one thing that an agency promises you SEO wise, they'll say, "Here's a quick fix. Here's a quick win." If it seems too easy then there's probably a team of 10 guys in Google who were employed just to stop you doing that. So <laughs> I would just stop and think about that for a moment before, before you invest too heavily in it. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Google are very much, in fact, they're 100% about the user. And that's what they've built their whole thing on. They've built a whole search engine on that. They want to serve the right results. And, you know, people think they're being followed around by Google, being listened to by Google. It's creepy, et cetera, et cetera. Again, that's to show you the right advertising. So, you know, it, it is very much about the user. And that's that 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 thinking and that methodology is going nowhere. That's what their business is built on. So if something seems too easy, then it's not true. What are the top three resources you would recommend uh, listeners today? Um, aside from your website, of course, um, I think, <laughs> um, I think on a daily basis, I would, I would read uh, search cap and um, it's a daily newsletter from search engine So if SEO is your thing, then absolutely you should read that every day. Um, not every article it, it digests for you, but at least those you find interesting. It's, it's a nice way to stay ahead of the curve. Um, I think tools-wise, um, there are a few things. Um, a lot of people use uh, Moz, uh, Moz.com. Um, it's to me, it's great for, I suppose, track tracking your rankings. Um, but there are better tools out there in terms of some of the other stuff it does. Um, I think an underused resource is um, Google's own webmaster forums, um, where I suppose people like you and I go in and discuss these very issues that they're having. And there are Google employees who will actually answer your queries too, or will endeavor to find the answers for you if they don't have them. So it is one way to at least discuss the technical side of SEO with them. And so I would engage with that community where, where, where possible. And so I think reading daily will keep you ahead of the curve, but as well as that, engage with the actual community, the actual Google webmaster community, because you'll find some, You'll find some some surprising information in there that you won't think Google will typically discuss, but, but in there they might. Um, so I definitely recommend that. And what's the address? Uh, how, how to find this? It is webmasters.google.com, I believe. Okay. Um, if you have to pick one resources for beginners, people who have never heard of SEO are just starting out and want to, to get informed, what would it be? One, one resource. Um, I think while it's a little bit outdated, um, the beginner's guide to SEO, which is on moz.com, um, I think it's even called out on their homepage there. It's a PDF. It's huge. And it's probably like 200 pages. Um, and like I said, it's a little outdated, but I would, if you have an interest in SEO, I would recommend just reading that front to back. You will at least come away with 20% of the knowledge that you should have. Um, even if you don't take it all in there, um, but it is it is very very good, and I believe they're going to update it at some point soon. I'm not sure when, but it's still it's still excellent and it's free. So great. So Gavin, once again, thank you so much for your time. Where can listeners connect with you and and learn more from you? Um, I suppose you can um, visit Friday.ie, and um, that's our agency, um, and we have a blog on there which we intend to be quite active on. Um, so you can you can hear more from us there. Um, so yeah. Great. Thank you once again. Thank you. 
that's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. And this is the moment where I tell you to subscribe to our email list. So before you leave and go to another podcast or listen to another episode, I don't treat email list uh, the way people usually treat their email list. I really treat that as a, as a one-to-one conversation. So I'm going to send you very short and personal emails every two weeks, I would say. We, I'll inform you of guests in advance. I'll share with you my numbers and how many listens we get. And I'll also ask you for your feedback in terms of the questions we can ask future guests. And perhaps I can also uh, have you on the show uh, someday. So don't be afraid to subscribe. I'm not going to spam you. And you can always unsubscribe for sure if you wish. The second thing we need from you is your harsh and honest feedback. We know that this show is not perfect yet and we always... Uh, can improve so you can send us your email at feedback at everyonehatesmarketers.com good or bad please feel free to send me an email and the last thing I like uh, from you is that if you did like the episode please share it to your friends your colleagues or whoever might like it and also please review it on iTunes or another service that you might use to listen to your podcast because if you leave us a five-star review it means that more people will be likely to listen and we can spread the word quicker So thank you so much once again and au revoir. And that's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super, super grateful. I'd love for you to consider subscribing to my daily newsletter, Monday to Friday, called Stand the Fuck Out Daily. I send very short, hopefully interesting, surprising, shocking, entertaining content to help you stand the fuck out. It's at everyonehatesmarketers.com. You can subscribe for free and obviously unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm just going to read a couple of emails that I got recently as a reply. Juma said, your content attacks the mind primarily, which is such a good thing because most of us are skilled at what we do, but we don't have the courage to do it our way. Mark, who just subscribed a couple days before, said, this is my first issue of your newsletter. Love it. Glad I subscribed. Brianna said, I just realized this morning that my email habit is now to one, skim through the list, two, select all unread industry email except yours, three, delete and don't think twice, four, quickly skim yours. Amy said, also loving the new content that's coming from you. It feels really lovely. Candle said, I like your writing a lot. It really resonates. There's so much bullshit out there. It's good to touch the authentic. And Chloe said, where is the I fucking love this email button? Brilliant. I hope you subscribe. You'll be joining more than 14,000 subscribers at this stage, which is crazy. It's the size of a small stadium. Anyway, thank you so much. See you on the other side.